everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christopher Michael, joined as always by my co-host, Christopher David. Hi, everybody. And today we're going to be talking about the latest three-part article series that we wrote as a social experiment to see how resilient the church is, how resilient the, the Christian church is. Uh, so let's get into it. Yeah, so we wanted to reach out to as many churches as possible in southern and central Appalachia to see how resilient they and their congregations are as we come up on resource scarcity problems, political instability, pandemics, and so on. We came up with a letter to the churches, and then we also included what they can grow and do, and then also we gave two examples of what some sustainably designed church grounds would look like. Yeah, so in the letter, we just described a lot of the stuff that you just talked about of kind of the problems that are happening in our society right now, and then also how we can, you know, as the Christian community fix that. And then we also did a, a really great growing guide. Yeah, exactly. So originally, we were hopeful that there were some churches out there that were going to be responsive to our work. Mm -hmm. We weren't naive to think that everyone is even aware of these problems, mm -hmm. but it was pretty startling to see that the words written in our letters were the antithesis of who the church turned out to be. That we found out. Yeah. yeah. So, so what made you come up with the idea to email all these churches? It was a couple of days before Christmas that this started. Yeah, it was a week before Christmas. And we were coming back from doing some errands on a Sunday morning. And I saw some people going in and out of a small church as we drove through a town. And I thought to myself, well, look at all this lawn space. I wonder if they would be receptive to turning that into highly productive food systems mm -hmm. using permaculture design. So then we collaborated on what we could do and we decided to write an email mm -hmm. and send all of the information and the drawings, etc., to them. And so we, we came up with two different sized churches. One was a pretty large church and one was a really small church, an example of the uh, what to plant on those grounds for them. Yes, it was really beautifully designed, how to fit everything in there with the vegetable gardens and the dwarf fruit trees and ways to work around constraints, such as like this, the one small church had a really large parking lot and not a lot of lawn. So what were some strategies that we could still turn into a highly productive system without getting in the way of vehicles and accessibility for those with mobility constraints, and then also overhead power lines. So it was a really fun design process. And it's really unfortunate because we found out that no one mm -hmm. out of the 508 churches that we reached out to directly via email, and there was over a thousand mm -hmm. you know, altogether that didn't even have any way to contact them, that no one's interested. Mm -mm. We got no responses from any of the churches. Yep. Which we, we understand part of that is the, you know, the holiday season. But even this week we were thinking, oh, they're going to be back in the office and, and they're going to email us. But no, none of them. Yeah, it was really interesting to think back about it. And actually quite quickly we were realizing as we were looking at how opulent 
and gluttonous these places are that the words that we had wrote about with resource scarcity and political instability and so on was absolutely foreign to these people mm -hmm. because they're having the time of their lives parting it up. Yeah, they are. So why are they able to get away with this? Well, part of it is the the legality of, of them being churches and a religious organization. Mm -hmm. um, so for the IRS, a lot of people know this, that they are tax exempt. But what does that really mean at the end of the day? Uh, so there are other 501c3 charities which are non-for-profit that's what they say yeah, charities right. they too don't have to pay taxes but a lot of them have to fill out irs form 990 uh, which is still a financial disclosure churches don't have to do that at all so what this means at the end of the day is that their land that they're sitting on the money that comes into their bank accounts Anything that they purchase from the local community or outside of the community, none of that is taxed. So if, mm -hmm. if they go and send their people in their congregation on a mission, for example, we'll, we'll talk about that mm -hmm. later. But the plane tickets, the food that they eat, the buses that they take, places they stay, all of that is tax-free. Mm-hmm. It, none of it is being regulated or or looked at by anybody. And the, the churches have no incentive to be transparent in what they're doing because people on the outside, they don't have to share the information. They legally don't have to share the information with them. Mm -hmm. People in their churches are going to be way too afraid to sit there and go, hmm, what are you guys spending all the money on? Right. Because we don't see community action happening. Mm hmm and we're going to talk about it, we see a lot of frivolity and opulence and a lot of hedonistic desires being played out in the churches. It's absolutely disgusting to see what they're doing with all that money. And when you're thinking about these communities that have incredible poverty rates, we were just looking at Appalachia. So I can only imagine how terrible it is in flyover country. And the childhood poverty rates the amount of food that these people are gobbling up while children don't have access to any food. They don't have access to any health care. They mm -hmm. don't have access to clothing or shoes. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal in coal country. Absolutely. You know, and, and even, you know, we'll break it down later on, but all over Appalachia, the poverty rate is insane. It's staggering. And for these churches, to be having their their great parties and bashes and mm -hmm. celebrations all the time and even if one child is going to bed hungry it's too many yes they failed at their mission they have no idea what they're doing they've completely lost the message mm -hmm. and i believe that they are downright evil organizations and evil congregations absolutely yeah 100 percent, and I think it also needs to be said from from our perspective. So you were raised Baptist. I was raised Roman Catholic. We've mm -hmm. we've grown up with Christianity. We've both separately accepted Jesus into our hearts without having the churches uh, telling us what to do mm -hmm. with it. So we're not sitting here, you know, being atheist or something, attacking Christianity. We are Christians, 
and we are condemning the majority of the Christian churches because we've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I'm not condemning the Bible. I'm not condemning Jesus Christ at all. Mm -hmm. I'm condemning these assholes who were fake, who are imposters, who were causing incredible harm to their communities mm -hmm. because they're extracting wealth and resources from these places and bleeding them dry. It's already happening with government policies. So it's made 100% worse by having these untaxed, uncontributing churches mm -hmm. take even more time, energy, and resources from the people that they're supposed to be helping. Yeah. And, and what we're also saying is that, of course, some of these churches are doing some community work. We're not trying to discount that. But the problem is when you look at the net output, mm -hmm. it is not the same. No, not at all. They are taking considerably more from these innocent people. Mm. So I want to go back for just a second. You said that they're evil. Yes. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? As you wrote in your book, The Psychology of Collapsing, you defined apathetic evil mm -hmm. as people who may not be deliberately say murdering or stabbing somebody right. but they are complicit in their actions towards helping other people and especially when they see gross injustice abuses of power and wealth happening they party on right along with it mm -hmm. without any concern for the men women and children that it's impacting and although these churches are not coming out and stealing from people it's actually by their inaction that mm. is evil and it's hurting the lives of so many innocent people. Yeah, I would say the inaction and then the amount of resources they're taking from the community. Yes, because it is spiritual terrorism. Absolutely. What they're doing, because in coal country, you have a lot of this revivalist bullshit where the pastors are hell and damnation and fire on these people and mm. trying to keep them in an infantile scared state and the pastors or the reverends are blaming it on these people that because their lives suck so much it's because they're sinful well that's not true at all it's because government and corporations have completely strip mined literally and figuratively the entire region mm -hmm. And so, of course, these people are going to be in a neo-colonial state of poverty. Absolutely. They're being kept, as you said, in these infantile states, and they're being told, you're the problem. <laughs> right. By, yeah. the, by some of these pastors and preachers, that yep. if you just prayed harder, mm -hmm. if you believed in Jesus more. If you gave us more money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, that you're going to be able to have salvation in heaven. Yep. yep. So these people are just disgusting. Exactly. Yeah. Part of the big problem, something that we, we have in our article, is the communal narcissism, mm -hmm. which is it's a form of individual narcissism that occurs in a group setting. Yeah, um, It's characterized by an inflated sense of importance, a need for admiration from others in the group. Now, when you start looking at all these churches, the ones that we've looked at, mm -hmm. you see that time and time again, the pastor's. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the pastors are up there, you know, waving their arms, mm -hmm. proselytizing. And then you can even see on TikTok in small churches mm -hmm. how, I mean, it must be just families that go to these places because of such small communities. They're literally doing laps <laughs> around the auditorium mm -hmm. and they're jumping over 
benches. They're throwing the Bibles. They're babbling on. Kissing snakes. Yes. This. What the fuck? <laughs> really? Yeah. And then you. And then when you have bigger churches, they have these giant stages. Sound systems. They have uh, aesthetic lighting. All that light. Yeah. You think that you were at a club. Uh huh. Just you know, partying it up. Uh, yeah, and and the communal narcissism and all of them says, "I'm the most moral." I'm mm-hmm. the most right. Look at mm-hmm. me. Look how much I'm giving. Yes. That's what it does. And it's really built on that. Yeah. It's a whole theatrical show mm-hmm. to try to impress everybody else. And, you know, in Matthew six, Jesus talks about how don't do that. Oh, I, I mean, I have it right here. Okay. I was ready for it. Uh, so Matthew six, this, this is about two different things. It's about, praying it's about giving Mm -hmm. so the first one is said be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them if you do you will have no reward from your father in heaven so when you give to the needy do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others it's almost like he knew this was going to happen yeah and and then the second part of the um the praying, which we've seen this, the, the communal narcissists in these churches, it says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Wow. So all those horses asses that are in the front of the church literally face down prone on the ground yes it's all for show babbling throwing their hands up for everyone to see that is the antithesis and these are jesus's words they're Mm -hmm. not someone else's he directly said this don't go and you know shout glory to god do it to yourself live that life so people can see you and, and say you're a christian mm-hmm. i can tell by the way that you your handle yourself and your actions absolutely that's what the the fake christians today which is a dominating force in america all things that they have to shove it down everybody's throat look at me look at me look at me and that's not at all biblically backed up Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and then the other major part of the but the situation that we have is the collective narcissism, which it can also be called group narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, so the definition, a strong in-group identification, unrealistically positive beliefs about the in-group's communal contribution, that means to society, entitlement about the group's communal worth, and grievance for lack of in-group recognition in the communal domain. So for anybody listening right now, if you are up, worked up by what we're saying you're suffering from cognitive dissonance Mm -hmm. furthermore if you're offended by what we're saying you're also suffering from collective narcissism absolutely you need to examine to see because we're we're going to be laying out some facts here and you can look at the article and we have tons of facts in there to show this isn't just uh, you know, some crazy opinion. This is what we're This is actually what's happening. Yeah, this isn't a drive-by <laughs> to attack the Christian church. Right. You know, but we absolutely are coming for these assholes who are fake, who are hypocrites, who are hurting their communities. Mm-hmm. Whether they know it or not, 
the destruction is there. Absolutely. And it, it has to happen. It has to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And if we can do one thing in life, it's to defund the church, like defunding the police. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because these guys are spiritual terrorists. hundred percent. I love that. That's such a great term for it. it yeah, I it think. really is. Yeah. So you want to talk about opulence? Oh my God. Yeah. So there was a list of things that we came up with in our article that really s- stood out as we looked at all these 500 plus churches, opulence being one of them. And we were really blown away by the extravagance of the shows, the lighting, the stage, the electronics, all of the retreats that they were going on. I love mm-hmm. this. So there's there's a retreat. It is a spiritual checkup. <laughs> Which is apparently something that you can't do anywhere where you, else where you live. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in this one place, um, Zion Assembly Church of God, they have a ladies retreat and they are going to go all the way to California to a very large resort and find the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and once that's done... They have another retreat to Pigeon Forge to a very nice lodge where they're going to find the Holy Spirit again. Mm-hmm. So I guess the Holy Spirit is on hiatus and he's just running around yeah. and they have to go track him down at all these resorts. And for some reason, he just happens to be at like Michelin star restaurants. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, they have golf courses at these resorts, mm-hmm. massage parlors, the pools, the nice restaurants and so on. In our article, we also have pictures showing uh, this church called Vienna that has brand new Sprinter vans, and you know that they're at least 120000 apiece. Mm-hmm. You have fall festivals with nothing about Jesus mm-hmm. at all. They have inflatables. They have food. They have face painting. They have haircuts. They have petting zoos. Snow cones, popcorn machines. Yeah, on and on. The thing that really gets me is these fucking stages. Uh Seriously, like the lights, the decor. It's just insane. All these Christmas trees, thousands of dollars worth of fake Christmas trees in the background. The kitchens, stainless steel, state-of-the-art kitchens. I think it really has something to do, like I said, the the aesthetic lighting. it's It's to create an experience, and I'm sure... It's a lot of fun to do it. It really gives you that boost of serotonin when you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're listening to the band. Oh, your hands are up and you're screaming about Jesus. Purple lights on for some reason. Yeah, they're always purple. (laughs) It makes you want to have that celebration. But then you need to stop and think to yourself, what are we doing for the community that that's one of the major issues that i think yeah because in my slideshow i have a screenshot of one of their concerts uh, and these places are concert halls or country clubs where you can just go and you just pay a little bit every week and you get to have this amazing experience all the time and it says you love me you love me you love me on the screen and it's always about the individual. Yeah. And what is God going to do for me? He loves me. Look at all the things that he's going to do for me. Look how much he's blessing me. You know, rah, rah, rah. Jesus is amazing. Yeah, that's the narcissism and the, and the egocentrism. It's and, that yeah. hedonistic need for some reason for those 
desires to be to be met and they're saying it's in the name of jesus absolutely it's disgusting there's a retreat once again it has um, another sprinter fan full of teenagers and it was from blue ridge chapel baptist church and the from gatlinburg tennessee it says morning session shopping chick-fil-a shopping Mm -hmm. really i mean they're not even being quiet about it no they're saying we're we're saying this is about jesus but what it's really about we want to go spend money mm-hmm. and we want to go fill our faces, which they are very good at doing. Yeah. And it shows because these people are so fucking fat. It's <laughs> ridiculous. There's also a church North Bend in Mason County, West Virginia. They have a uh, pictures of their father's day and they have these glass cups and it says 2022 father's day, North Bend mm. hundreds of them for just to celebrate father's day. Yeah, just the opulence of it. Oh my gosh, yeah, and you know the pictures of the sound crew. For Christmas, they have photo booths, mm-hmm. which are ginormous sets mm-hmm. that you know you look like you're in some mountain cabin with it. And this is in their auditorium. Expensive. The the uh, picture that we have as like the the headline picture of our third article is a Christmas scene that has revelation behind the, mm-hmm. the pastor there. He has tons of fake Christmas trees that have to be in the thousands of dollars right. for aesthetic art appeal. Yes. And we said specifically for that picture, the childhood poverty rate is 20% in that county. Meanwhile, this guy looks like Steve Jobs up there talking with a giant screen behind him. And there's another TV behind that. I don't understand any of that. The huge bow these Christmas trees. And then when you come out of that auditorium, they have the photo booths, Mm -hmm. they have the cafes, they've got all the inflatable Christmas decor up there. They've got pool parties. They've got beach trips, Halloween parties, which I don't understand that. Yeah. We get to see, we saw witches, witches, monsters, goblins and ghouls, but that, I don't. I understand that is fun for children, and, and we're not trying to be, you know, curmudgeons at the end of the day. But it's kind of like, pick your lane, babe. Why can't the church come up with something that is Christ-centered mm-hmm. and different? You know, we're supposed to be a light on a hill and salt of the earth. Yeah. But they just mimic consumerism at every opportunity. How about instead of going out and getting candy for for yes. you, for the children? Yes. How about you? go with the children out in the community and give to the community instead of taking from it. Yeah. Stand just, out and be different. Just one idea. Right. Let's get in the gluttony yeah, because that it. was probably the biggest issue we saw. It pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. These people are just so fat because they stuff their fucking faces all the time. Meanwhile, there's tens of thousands of kids literally starving next door. Mm-hmm. that's what pisses me off in each of the communities that, that we're talking about in those counties it, it's i think it's like at least a thousand kids are bare in, minimum yeah yep. are in poverty in those communities and they're sitting there having party after party after party that's what pisses us off yes and so we need to define the childhood poverty really quick and the united nations children's fund describes it as extreme deprivation that results in children not having their needs met or not receiving the bare necessities of life unforgivable 
I think is a great way to describe these people. It's detestable. It, it just doesn't it it doesn't compute in my head when mm-hmm. I see it. And and they are sitting there saying they're Christians. They are followers of Jesus. They read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe it. I call bullshit. Absolutely. So there's this one picture from Legacy Church that I just I love the hate it if that makes sense. And it says to the snacks and it's of these three really fat white women. And the one woman in the center has her mouth gaping open as she's looking at a huge bowl of cheesy puffs and popcorn. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's what the church is. Mm-hmm. That That is what it is. You come here, you're going to eat well. Yes. Very well. You have to give us money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, the whole racket mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and it is a racket yeah, it is. is so perfected in a, in a perverted way mm-hmm. because you just give a little bit of money and look how much you get back you know but then the pastor is making hand over fist profits mm-hmm. off of these people but they have to keep them entertained occupied and well-fed and the show continues absolutely there's pictures of boxes of, of donuts. There's food towers of all sorts of, you know, olives and cheeses and bread and boxes and boxes of pizza. There's these beautiful catered tables all set out in different churches. There's the, the snow cone machines, the popcorn machines. There's whole trays of food. It's just absolutely disgusting. We have a lot of pictures in a slideshow on our article about it mountains of food and none of it's healthy no i don't think i saw a salad in there it shows because everyone all the men here have the dicky do award yep their guts sticking out so far they can't find it just the nacho cheese there's one church that has nothing but desserts and those women are so proud i mean they look delicious but those women are so proud of what they're doing And when we go and investigate how many people are below the poverty line, you know, oh, let's just see here in this neighborhood, Harvest Point Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, there's 486,000 people in that county and there's 68,000 people living below the poverty level with 15,000 children not getting the bare necessities to live every single day. Meanwhile, these assholes are stuffing their faces with everything that they can find. In the name of Jesus. That's right. It's disgusting. It, I mean, I don't know how many different ways that we can really get across our our hatefulness and contempt for what they're doing and their perversion of Christianity. Well, I encourage the listener to just, if you have 30 minutes, go on google maps and look up churches in your area and see if they have any websites or facebook accounts and check out what they're posting chances are it's going to be parties it's going to be lavish retreats it's going to be the hypocritical communal narcissists up at the front laying down throwing their hands up crying like get a grip yeah. You know, what are you doing every single Sunday? It's got to be exhausting. You'll see a serve day. It's usually in the summer. Because yes, they don't exactly. want to go out in the cold. Yeah. And then you'll always see the food. Tons of food. And that's what 
really irritates us about it is that, look, do these things, but make that 15,000 child poverty level zero. Absolutely. And then you can have your bowling party and your pool party and your hot dog cookout. Have any party you want because at that point you would you would have earned it. Yes. You would actually right. deserve it. Yeah, exactly. It's something to celebrate about. Mm-hmm. But until that level comes down, your ass better be out there feeding people and clothing them. And guess what? Don't wear a damn shirt that says where your church is. Yeah. You don't need to, as we've already talked about Matthew 6, you don't need to be telling people all the righteousness that you're doing. Exactly. Just do it. Yep. I did want to mention Orchard Church in Waynesville, North Carolina. Go for it. Boy, did that place piss me off. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it is on the grounds of what used to be one of the largest fruit orchards on the East Coast. And they played a part of demolishing a section of that orchard so that they could put up their temple to themselves. And they have the audacity to call it Orchard Church. Yes. I think that, given the resource scarcity issues, the food instability that we have right now, and especially the amount of children that are in poverty right now, that is an act of war. Yeah. That is a humanitarian act of war. Yeah, and guess what they don't have on the property? Yeah, an exactly. Orchard. That's right. No gardens here. Hmm. But boy, do they have that huge stage and they're going on their retreats and having those lavish fall festivals where they cart in all sorts of consumerist goods from elsewhere. Not from the community, not from the local community. You never nope. see local community food coming into it. It is always coming directly from the grocery store. It's so true. And why is that so hard for these people to get? What like the the bare minimum would be, okay, hey, let's try to figure out ways that we can increase income for small businesses. They're not thinking of that because that has nothing to do with them. That's right. But you know, and that that brings up the point like when we had these lockdowns Small businesses who were paying taxes and who were contributing to the community, at least that way, went out of business. Mm -hmm. They were shut down. But churches who pay no taxes to the community were still open and still extracting. But they never once wanted to help out these people. There's a there's a famous online televangelist. I'm not even going to say his name because he doesn't deserve it to be said, but... During the uh, pandemic, when everything was shut, mm-hmm. he direct he went to people and he said, "Don't stop tithing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your job is not your source." <laughs> That's what he said. Pot meat kettle. Fucking asshole. Seriously. Oh, burn in hell. So Orchard Church in their county in North Carolina, they have sixty-one thousand people, and seven thousand people live in poverty, and two thousand children live in poverty Hmm. but they're still out there partying they're having celebrations to themselves oh they're praising jesus how much god has blessed us today Hmm. thank you lord for everything that you've done for us unreal now we're going to get into the communal narcissism and one of the best examples of that which ties into matthew 6 was an example of new hope church handing out food to people that wanted the drive through but they wrote the name of their church on all of the styrofoam boxes of food. In Sharpie. Yes. 
to show their kindness. Yeah. They because they need everyone to know where that kindness in quotes is coming from. And you know they're never going to do something good if they can't do it in public. Yeah, not if there's any media attention for it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is it's disgusting. You're not a Christian. Mm-mm. You can't fundamentally call yourself a child of God and then only want to do it in front of a camera or if there's other people watching. These people are disgusting. Yeah, if you feel the need to go out into the community and and help people, which which you should as Christians, that's what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. If you feel that need, you don't have to say what church you're from. That's right. You don't have to talk about God at all. And what mm-hmm. I like to how to think of it is when Jesus was helping the lepers, mm-hmm. did he go to them and say, do you believe in God? Did you pay tithes yet? Right. Did you did you give some money? Yeah. Right. Because that's not what it's about. It's, it's the deeds that mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's some more of the communal narcissism? Well, the one with the football and cheerleaders mm. feeding them. That <laughs> torqued me a bit. That really did. And as I was doing some more research about it today, I actually found another church that had a whole tent erected just to feed the football team and the cheerleader squad. Yeah. And the reason why that irritates us so much is because why the special privileges to groups that are already socially privileged? Mm-hmm. It's socially acceptable to be the cool kids in the football and the um, cheerleader squad. You know, when I was in college, I was I my minor was in a very stupid minor just so I could get out. Sure. But and so that was sports related. And they got so many special privileges. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone was failing or didn't do a report, the coach would come in and talk to the professor. And it didn't matter who was in the room mm-hmm. when that was being done. And they always got out of it. They got so much special privilege. And then in high school, the football team is the cool people. Yeah, we all know that. It's always been that yeah. that way since yeah. the beginning of time. It's not to say that there's not people in poverty that are on these teams you know very well could be but what we're saying what irritates us is that they're picking and choosing the popular people instead of those that are too embarrassed to come out and say i i really could use some help because what 16 17 18 year old is going to do that or really understands the complexity of it right and then there was another church who they were feeding the middle school and high school teachers of this one district the teachers guys yeah, the te- what about the kids yeah why wouldn't you do the kids yes because i'm sure there are a lot of kids in that school who could probably really use a hot meal well when we're looking at these numbers of childhood poverty in appalachia absolutely this might be their only meal mm-hmm. that they're getting every mm-hmm. single day and so they choose that and again i understand the reasons behind it oh we want to celebrate the teachers we want to do this we want to do that i totally get it but they are missing the big picture well they're not going out there and feeding the community and the children Mm -hmm. they're only posting pictures of them feeding selected special groups and teachers who already have fucking jobs they can afford food. They can presumably, yeah, be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. They, they are completely not understanding the idea and the what ministry should be. Yeah, the implications of it. They're mm-hmm. just so dense because all they worry about is self-glorification. Mm-hmm. 
So the one that really pissed me off. The the highest level of piety, hypocrisy, <laughs> blasphemy Go is for it. is these assholes wearing crosses on their backs and walking down the streets while carrying big 2 by 4 crosses. Yes. Some even have wheels on the bottom. So they don't even have to technically carry it. Oh my gosh. It's despicable. We saw someone probably about a year ago mm-hmm. walking on the side of the road with a cross. Yeah. That's not to glorify Jesus. That has nothing to do with it. That is about the people carrying it, first and foremost, communal narcissism. Absolutely. They want to get the accolades for, look how morally superior I am. I'm doing this. Uh-huh. Excuse me, you did not have a crown of thorns shoved in your face. You did not have giant iron nails punched through your hands and your feet. You didn't have a spear put in your side. You didn't have to carry that giant cross as you were being whipped within an inch of your life. Mm -hmm. And then you suffocated to death. Mm -hmm. Go fuck yourselves. You weren't doing any of that disgusting they are they're absolutely disgusting and i wonder how quick they would do that if you went out there and whipped them in the back yeah would they keep doing that no of course not because they're little pussies Mm -hmm. they don't give anything up that doesn't benefit them exactly exactly so keep your bullshit yep for yourself stop assaulting our eyes with it yeah we don't want to see your narcissism no we want to see you go out there and do something useful absolutely take that time Figure something out. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about all the ways that we came up with. Yes. To help everybody. Another one that stuck out to us was laziness. Mm. Now, earlier we had said that we had reached 508 churches, Mm. but there was probably about a thousand of them that didn't have any workable links, any websites, or even Facebook accounts. It's not that difficult, folks. It's not. I don't understand what the hell these people what their blockage is with having emails, mm-hmm. links, Facebook accounts. And guess what? Contact information is on a phone number and a way to find your church on a map. Yeah, this is in 1940. Yeah. We're not 107 years old. Yeah, who the hell is going to call a church to find out more information mm-hmm. about it? So you, you would think... Well, as you said, the article there, you would think they would make it easy for them to get customers. I mean, parishioners, but, Mm -hmm. but no, they, the way that I see it, when they make it difficult to contact them, they don't have an email. They don't uh, claim their business on Google. Um, One, it comes from ignorance, but two, I can't help but think they're trying to keep stuff quiet of what they're doing. Yeah. They're being shady about it. That's just weird to me. You know, put your best foot forward. Yeah. When the the first impressions with this sort of stuff. And like we said in the article, they want to capture as many people as possible to get all their money. And like, why wouldn't you just have a workable website Mm -hmm. and email accounts? There was one church. It was East River Church in West Virginia. And I had reached out to them trying to find an email. And they responded on Facebook and said, why do you need an email to communicate? Seems you're able to do it quite well here. If you'd like to donate, you can do that on our website as well. I just... Just the... the, the nar- break. I mean, breaking that sentence down, the narcissism is just so 
deep. Mm-hmm. They were incredibly rude. It's oh, you're you seem to be communicating quite well. That is so fucking rude. And then to say, but you can still give us money, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't doing that. You know, but that was a place where you know at least they had a Facebook account, right? You yeah. know, other places like you said don't even link. They're, they don't um, have anything. Nothing. Nothing. Or the website was from 1993. Yeah, like a MySpace. Yeah. There's a lot of MySpace action going on. Yeah, and it's just it's just creepy. Yeah, and what their top doing? friend wasn't even Jesus. Yeah. It was the party planner. All right, so there's one guy that. Oh, he looks like a train wreck. He looked like he just like he's hung over and just had one hell of a bender. He literally says, as I became old enough and was able to leave home, I chose not to file after my father. But instead, in my thoughts, I was to be successful. I was to make as much money as I could to buy the big house, fast cars and date and marry a model. And this is the pastor. Yeah. Pastor Tim Henson. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That's what you post on your church website mm-hmm. to date and marry a model. Now, also, how did he become the pastor? Oh, well, let's see here. After two near-death car accidents and in one having my best friend die in my arms, that desire for a deeper meaning became more relevant in my life. Mm. It wasn't until 1987 when the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and I accepted Christ in my life. And then this guy became an assistant pastor and after six months the head pastor fell ill and he assumed the position huh there's a lot of people that die around this guy that's a very good point also he has no religious education and apparently no education to speak of at all no he was just a piece of shit and he just happened to be in a place where someone died pretty quickly yeah Hmm. multiple times weird i know that's so funny though what a creep he really is. Yeah. <laughs> then we came across the missions of these places. Mm. And I think the word artificial mission work is the best way to describe all of these churches. Mm-hmm. What stood out to you? The biggest thing is when, when you go on the, the websites, they have uh, a lot of them have links for their missions. Oh, and they look great. Yeah. A lot of them have really great websites. Yeah. We shouldn't, we should say that too. You go to the link for their missions, and I was looking at one church in particular, I don't remember the name, and they had a link for their local missions. Mm-hmm. It was nothing. Mm-hmm. They didn't have anything on the page. Right. And then I went to their uh, out-of-state missions. Nothing. They didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. I started looking at other churches that had similar uh, links that they say, oh, these are our missions. Same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big thing for me because... What are they doing? These are the same places that have the major parties and celebrations and concerts every week with full bands. Oh, yeah. The whole shebang. Yep. Now, Discover Church in Franklin, North Carolina had exactly what you're talking about. And they have the I Love My Town link. Mm. But it doesn't show anything of value when you click on it. There's literally nothing on there except a YouTube video that is showing a bunch of smiling faces of them. Packing boxes. Packing boxes, but in quotes, doing mission work for the community. Mm -hmm. That's it. So they're actually not doing anything. And they're just trying to film when they do do something that, oh, look at us. They made one video once. They're like, oh, my God. Guys, 
we're getting in. Yeah. You know, heaven's right around the corner. But yeah, it says we value serving. Oh, we value serving because we know it's not what God wants from us. It's what he wants for us. Huh. Come join the fun. <laughs> it's always about them. It is. It always circles back to them. They always somehow twist it and manipulate it to be about them. Yes. And in, in that YouTube video, it's mm-hmm. just showing some people are raking leaves. Some people are painting. Others are moving around like old appliances and stuff. And then, of course, they're using donated food to then donate elsewhere. Right. And then the children are still in poverty. Yep. And, yeah. and the, the numbers are getting worse, not better. Yeah. But hey, guys, we're Christians. God loves us. Watch this video. Yeah. Hmm. So how about the, the foreign missions? Oh, God. That's even worse because they're sending people thousands of miles away from home to paint walls. And in this one project, it's a latrine project. And the need is to construct a school toilet and shower. The cost is a modest $19,504 <laughs> in Ethiopia. So from D.C. to Ethiopia, it's 7,000 miles. And we need to install a Western-style toilet, which uses obscene amounts of water in a country that has water scarcity problems. Mm-hmm. And no mention of a compost toilet because obviously that's evil and we can't do that. But we can certainly use up as much water from this desolate community in Ethiopia as possible just to send shit down a drain. And it's the savior complex because they just want to go over there so they can take pictures and everyone can see what they did. The church paid for their plane tickets, paid for their hotel. It's probably in the amount that they raised for going there. Mm -hmm. It it was just an exotic vacation for them to uh, LARP as Christians in another country. And um, yeah, it, it just goes back to that savior complex. If they really want to be a savior, why don't you open your front door, mm-hmm. go outside, and walk around the community and see what actually needs to be done right there? Yeah, there's this one guy. It's Oakdale Covenant Church, and this fat son of a bitch was flew thousands of miles to Guatemala to then, he doesn't speak Spanish, to then tell the community how to live their lives and he has an interpreter in this one photo and his big old gut is hanging out over his belt and what has this guy got to to offer these poor people have to put up with him uh this guy when you when you look at the picture we have it on our article he's a complete slob and so he's sitting there telling the people through this interpreter how uh, great jesus is and jesus sent him on this mission Uh, And probably something to the effect of that he needs to save their heathen souls. Yeah, exactly. It's that white man's burden. Mm -hmm. That he can come in and for some reason, with no education, no understanding of the local community, no research into their their culture or or understanding, and he's going to tell them everything they need to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's absurd, but these people actually think this is acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you look at... The child poverty rate, again, in the area of wherever mm-hmm. their church is from, mm-hmm. we don't need to do it for everyone, but mm-hmm. you know, you can just see there are problems at home yeah. that need to be fixed and dealt with, and yet we're going to go, we're going to take church money that was given to them by the community, right? That's that input that keeps happening, mm-hmm. 
and the output is them going on this fancified trip to live out their their savior yeah i mean it's stupid to send you know teenagers or young adults halfway across the planet when like you're saying there's so many issues in our backyard Mm -hmm. but somehow i don't it's almost like the christian church is kind of like how can we deliberately not be christians as much as possible because it's almost like they're allergic to doing the bare minimum of helping people and ministering to their needs yeah that's that's the weirdest thing too because when you start seeing it they're just so blatant with the anti-christianity actions that they perform yeah there's this um biker ministry and it was the actual it was the same church that we were trying to correspond with on facebook that said you can just do it right here why do you why do we want an email the pastor has a biker ministry and i was like oh this is interesting how are they going to spread the love of jesus here well they're not it's great to come out and enjoy god's creation and blessing of owning a motorcycle all of us look forward to the next ride to put our face to the wind relax and unwind oh so it not a ministry then it's uh, consumerism and the end result is them just being comfortable it's a motorcycle club where a bunch of old fat people drive around the countryside this is the level of christianity Mm -hmm. that we're experiencing and hopefully by now you can understand why we feel very justified to say that these people are evil and we want them defunded and shunned from society because and to kind of bring it back to the reason that we started this specific uh podcast on the front lines of collapse is because they are taking away from the communities absolutely if you're not producing anything in an era of resource scarcity you are a facilitator of collapse absolutely it's part of the problem that's why they need to be called out yes they need to be condemned until they change yeah exactly it's they need to be defunded until they actually start feeding children feeding adults clothing people and doing it on the church premises yeah not having food donated from kroger to them but actually they're the ones growing that nutrient-dense food they're the ones that are helping their communities build that resilience And this is a great opportunity for us to transition into the facilitators of abundance. I just wanted to mention just one more thing because I wanted to get it in. That also the churches do not have to be religious palaces. Mm -hmm. So there's a specific story. It's Water Life Church. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know where they're at. They are in Lenore, North Carolina. Okay. Lenore, North Carolina. Look them up. Water Life Church. The pastor says... And I'm going to put a clip in so that you can hear exactly what he said. But to give you just the background of it, they bought a an old Belk store, which mm-hmm. is a retail store. Giant. Giant, like a Macy's or a JCPenney or something like that. They bought it uh, $2 million to create their new church because yep. that is what God told them they needed to do. Yes. So instead of trying to do anything for the community, it was all about, we need to have this very fancy church where we're going to make it into a concert hall so that you can give us money. And then you'll hear in the clip about him asking for more money so they can pay off their debt. The opulence of this place is stunning. Yes. So let's put the clip in here and you can listen to it. 
Well, today, as we get ready to take up our offering today, I want to say thank you to those of you who are so generous to join with us here at Water Life Church. And, you know, here we sit in a building that used to be a retail center for Belk. And, you know, about three years ago, we felt God leading us to purchase this building to become the home, the permanent home, for Water Life Church. And we talked about that time, about this being a home for hope. And so we led people through a campaign called All In For Hope, where we challenged people to do two things, to make a financial sacrifice for all of us to do that and to see it through. And so many of us have joined together to do that, and so many of you have done such an amazing job following through on that. And you know, we had to borrow some money to do this building, and we borrowed $1.8 million, but here's the amazing thing that has happened, that as of July's payment, we owed less than $250,000 on this building. Isn't that awesome? Well done, Waterlife Church. And what I want to say to you is, first of all, thank you. That's phenomenal that we've been able to do that. The banker keeps telling us we should slow down because he's not making any money. And we're like, no, we're speeding up because we believe God is taking us to something next after this. And we believe as a leadership team, and I certainly believe as your senior pastor, I hate debt and I want to get out of debt because we know God's got something for us next. And so I want to challenge you. Let's stay after this. Because it is our goal, our leadership team has met, it is our goal to do everything in our power with God helping us and the generosity of God's people to be debt-free by the end of this year. And we believe, looking at our numbers, that we can do that. Isn't that awesome? What a life church. So as you can see, it was very clear and evident. Yep. It's all about them Yep. all of the time. It's that egocentrism, yep. uh, the narcissism for their hedonistic desires. It's stunning how well this guy can manipulate people yeah. and take advantage of them. And how easily they're like, oh my gosh. Yes. Well, he says, he talks to Jesus. Right. Here's all my money. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's several thousand children mm -hmm. in his town that can't obtain the bare necessities of life. And that is the man who is on the front of our third article about this mm -hmm. with the opulence, with all those decor, Christmas decor, the giant bow, mm -hmm. and how you better keep sending that money in. You got to keep tithing. Yep. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to be done with the bitching part of this. Thank you for sticking in there with us. Go look at the article so you can see some of the pictures and all that. But now we're going to get into what can they do? Because if we just sit here and bitch and don't give any plausible solutions to it, then then it's really not worth it. Well, I mean, at least we're raising awareness about it. But like you're saying, we need to start acting. We need to pivot. Yeah. Because there there is still time, not a whole lot, mm -hmm. but we can pull our resources together for I'm talking about these churches. They have the money, they have the membership. So that also means they have, you know, the work force to go out here and do some good for once in their miserable lives. The first thing would be tiny houses. Why should they put tiny houses on the property? What I see is a really great uh, resource for the churches because I'm sure there are going to be times, especially going into, there's a lot of talk that, uh, something like uh, two-thirds of the world's economies are going to be in recession in 2023. When that happens, a lot of people lose their jobs. When people lose their jobs, they can't afford their houses mm -hmm. because that's usually the biggest expense for families is their houses. Sure. So if they're able to create places for uh, people to go to 
um, when they lose their house, instead of just having nothing, they can go and they can know that the church, the community church, is going to be there to help them. Um, another reason for for tiny houses is domestic abuse is mm-hmm. a is a major thing that that has not stopped. Even in these Christian communities, you know, you're going to find people that they might need to take a night off from wherever they're living so that they can actually be safe. Yeah, because their husband or wife is beating them. They have children. There is no way out. They don't have the money to go get a hotel and stay there until things get better or they're able to get away and have a a divorce their abusive partner. So to have that type of security and safety Mm -hmm. on the church grounds is so important and would be a huge asset to the community. Absolutely. And it's also, it should be temporary. It shouldn't be a place that people live all the time, but just know, I mean, I would love to have a community church around where, where we live where you start seeing little pod houses or something yes. that people can know, okay, on my worst day, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be homeless. Yeah, exactly. I'm still going to have a warm place to go to. Yeah, in winter with it, you know, being zero degrees outside, you know, minus 40 wind chill, they don't have to sit in their car mm-hmm. and freeze. They have a place that they can go to. Yeah, especially, and I think it should be for anybody in the community that needs it. Absolutely. Especially, you know, we're talking about children, Mm -hmm. you know, with your background growing up in a very physically abusive household, how wonderful it would have been if you had a place that you could go to until there's a better resolution Mm -hmm. for you. That's safe. And you know what? If some of these deacons have to get off their lazy, entitled asses and do security patrols on a rotating shift, sure, do it. They have the time. That's right. You want to be a Christian. If you have the time to plan parties, Mm -hmm. you have the time to sit there and and help the community. Exactly. And what did you say about the, you know, when when people talk about being patriots, but what were you saying? Uh, I was saying um, people love saying that they are Christians Mm -hmm. until there's some Christian shit to do. That's right. And being out there and protecting people from abusive partners or Mm -hmm. parents or what have you is what we're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Then you mentioned about finances. Could you go into that? Yeah. Well, I, I think going forward, the churches need to be a hundred percent transparent in their finances. Yep. They need to be the, the paragon of financial transparency yep. because That's right. we need to know how much money is going in to the churches from the community. Mm-hmm. And we need to know what are they spending that on. Isn't it disgusting that, no, the government does not require you to disclose this information. Mm -hmm. If these people were Christians, if they were authentic, Bible-believing Christians, Mm -hmm. they would just automatically be transparent about what they're doing with everybody's funds anyway. Yes. The fact that they're not doing this is a clear indication that they're not true Christians. Right. So when when I worked in the government, I did um, financial analysis uh, is one of the things that I did. When you are hiding something, and when you just don't want to disclose something, it is automatically going to give the air of impropriety. Mm-hmm. So if you are asking a church, hey, what do you get in per year with money and what goes out and what is it spent on? Mm-hmm. Bet your money they don't give it to you. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just like to me it's just common sense that part of being christ-like would be the transparency with the amount of money that they have taking from the community because it's being authentic and truthful yes which the majority of the christian churches that we saw they don't understand what those words mean no they could not care less and then going forward the the second part is financial literacy classes mm -hmm. um a yeah. lot of the reason that people are in poverty is because they don't understand finances and and that's okay that's not something that they teach in school they don't teach you how to balance a checkbook they don't teach you uh how to actually utilize a credit card to build credit no because they don't want you to be good with your money because yeah. the banks wouldn't make any money absolutely i mean that's yeah. that's the whole point of it so if you have the church that's sitting there either hire a financial expert yes or someone in the church maybe knows some things about the economy Go and teach these financial literacy courses to anybody that wants it in the community. Make it free. Yes. So that they can understand, oh, wow, I had no idea that you could utilize this that way or, or this way to bring themselves out of it. And a lot of these churches, especially the one, the Water Life, you know, with a $2 million plus church, they actually could be reinvesting that into helping people get out of debt. And then speaking of like having people that are qualified to come in and teach, whereas these pastors are most often not qualified to teach anyone because they're psychotic narcissists, would be the mental health aspect of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I think they should do either send someone to school in the church mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. maybe has the aptitude for it or uh, bring in a, a professional mental health counselor. Yes. And allow people in the church and people in the community that are not able to afford a therapist to go to because they're expensive. Um, maybe they don't have health care and their insurance doesn't cover it. Let them go and, and said, you know what? I'm having a tough time. Yes. And it yep. doesn't need to be about Jesus at that point. Yep. It can just be, okay, well, a lot of people don't understand mental health. They don't understand there's a lot of different uh, tips and tricks and tools that you can use to really help yourself and pull yourself out of anxiety or de depression or, or any of those other mental health disorders. Bring in an expert. Let them help the community. Yeah, and then one of the things that we really won the harp on was was the skills that churches could be cultivating. Mm -hmm. And that would be, like you said, with helping to pay for somebody. And I'm sure you could do a contract with it so they wouldn't back out of it yeah. um, but pay a young person that is interested in mental health to go to school get the right credentials with it and the training and then come back for several years mm -hmm. and to provide that benefit to the community yeah, and, and give them a job that's right so what the church needs to be doing instead of sucking the communities dry it needs to be funneling funds into creating fostering encouraging young people to learn these skills, yep. have small businesses, start raising their own uh, livestock, doing cheese, soap making, candle making, clothing, wooden utensils, all sorts of stuff that the church needs. The church should be buying locally 100% and sourcing all their materials from these small businesses. Absolutely. And, and other courses we said that 
um, they could offer are just basic life skills, yeah. um, such as the basics of like food cultivation, preparation, storage, uh, fire starting, water purification, composting, well building, first aid. Those are things that everyone should should know, mm-hmm. um, and it's really going to help as the society continues to go downhill, which that's happening. This is the decline. Uh, we want to be able to do those basic things. Yeah, exactly. And then I think back to the church currently. I mean, it's just a great big party that we've clearly covered ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. But there's also other pictures that I have in the article that shows a smaller church, mm-hmm. a medium-sized church, and then a mega church all in a row. And they're just so captured by consumerism consumption and that religion of progress Mm -hmm. that it's always going to be bigger and better for the church community yeah and it's all about them at the end of the day when it needs to not be yes so like when you're talking about these things getting worse out there and people need to have a roof over their head and their bellies full and their backs clothed the church is absolutely out the pasture partying mm-hmm. it up and they don't have a clue mostly because they don't want to of what's actually going on in the world absolutely that's like the, the number one problem that we're talking about is that we need all these things done and the ball rolling to get it started so that we have kind of these safety nets to catch us as society declines because we know that government is just as incompetent and it turns out that the church is, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. We've seen, and this is the next idea that we came up with, um, the food, the gardens. Yeah. We saw so many churches that had acres of land that they could be using mm-hmm. for the churches uh, to create gardens of sustainable food for the the people in their church and the community. Yes. And you have two people like us that sent to these churches that we want to do it for free because we want to help you design these systems of abundance. Yeah, the second article in the series is the actual growing guide that you wrote and created based off of your years of experience of gardening yes. and cultivating using permaculture, permaculture and sustainable design. Yes, it's a really great article, even for people that you know are not yeah. interested in the church at all, and I don't blame you, because there's so many different varieties of plants that are very useful if you live on the East Coast to grow, because yeah. they're disease and insect resistant, specifically for our climate. And you tell them what they can plant and where they can plant it. It's... Yes, where, you're, where you can acquire these seeds from, the fruit trees, the berry bushes, etc., so they know right away it's all laid out and they yeah. have the money for it and they have the lawns for it. And they have the people for it yeah. to do it. There's this one church. I actually don't have the name of the other one, but there's it's East River Church and it's this beautiful building, but they have this luscious lawn and they are so proud in their Facebook photo of the lawn with the the impressions made by the lawnmower, the, how beautiful it is. And it's just acres mm. of grass. And it's only in this country do you find that type of entitled arrogance mm-hmm. that the lawn is the pinnacle of prestige and power and look at us dominating the earth. Mm-hmm. 
it's so disgusting and insidious. We also talked about how cool would it be if a church went into the community and maybe they talked to the town and said, hey, whatever unused land the town currently owns, could we turn it into a garden for a little bit? Mm -hmm. And if you saw people go out and they're not saying where they're from or what they're doing and they start making gardens and they start getting the community involved in it and they start actually giving instead of spending on themselves, Mm -hmm. instead of having these celebrations, they go in and give to the community without asking for anything in return without asking for accolades or for them to be recognized as the the great saviors that they are people will start to pay attention in and, droves and yeah. they're going to want to go to that church because yes. they're going to say this is what christianity is it's yeah. it's doing without having to be applauded for it yep yeah and always having it about it. remember you love us you yeah. love me all that crap Exactly. I mean, people would come in droves because that's authentic and it's real and they're actually being Christians. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, we are definitely on our own. Yeah. And I don't I want to say until the church changes, but in reality, they're not going to. These people are narcissists. They're entitled. They have impulses that they must constantly be feeding all the time. It's gluttony. It's hedonism. And they're not going to actually wise up and change before we enter full-on collapse. And it's really sad to say that, but we need to be realistic so that we know what we're preparing for. Yeah, we went into it thinking not any of the stuff that we came up with. Right. We were thinking that, okay, we're going to appeal to these churches, that society is going downhill quickly. Mm-hmm. We need help for the community. And we were just going for the gardens for the first part. Yes. When we slowly started to realize, oh my goodness, it is so much worse than we thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. Yeah. And it's it's disheartening, but I think it's given us a different mission. Yeah, it has. And it's also given us that clarity. Mm-hmm. That it's like, okay, as horrific as this rotten christian churches in america i mean it is just a cesspool of rot that we know where we're at Mm -hmm. it's like okay these people are actually spiritual terrorists Mm -hmm. they are apathetic evil they are not interested at all in using their time energy and money and helping people so we can stop sending them money through our tithing we can actually divert our energy and our money into actually systems that are still useful and that help people and that directly impact their lives in a positive way. So it does kind of give us as as horrific as it is, at least we know where we stand when it comes to the church. Yeah. And, and, and I would say for us going forward, we plan on writing a book about this and explaining it in far greater detail to to show the magnitude of what's gone wrong Mm -hmm. with the christian christian churches in this specific area but most likely in in all of america and maybe even the world um so what i would like to say is anybody that has a church that's listened to this podcast uh if you go to a church that you think is exhibiting the attributes that we're looking for 
that are actually giving to the community and, and not needing that applause and accolades for it, I'd love to hear about it. We'll put it in the book because we want to find people that are actually living their lives in accordance with what Jesus told us uh, instead of their own bastardized version of it. Well, y'all, thank you so much for listening to this conversation. We're very passionate about it. And, you know, I was going to say, hopefully we didn't offend you. But if we did, that's cognitive dissonance. So please work on that. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, at this point, I know. people are going to hate it. People are going to like it. Well, of course, you know, people that are participating in these horrific institutions are going to feel uncomfortable about it. And their first reaction is to lash out at someone that is, you know, shine a light on their evil behavior. But, oh, well, yeah, we can take it. Yeah. So uh, I'll put the link to the articles in the show notes so that you can check those out and read it as a companion to to listening to this audio. And then also you can go to our website, newrevidencesociety.com. We don't just talk about Jesus. Uh, we actually primarily don't talk about it. This was a, a special circumstance for us, but uh, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I highly encourage you to check out the article, the part two in this series, because like I said earlier, it's you know really well written with all sorts of links and information for you to build your own living capital in the East Coast specifically where we deal with a lot of heat and humidity and insect problems. So there's a lot of great varieties listed there to help you grow as much food as possible. And till next time, guys, thank you very much for listening.